fueled by C4, Cellucor, and Extend. Use the code Clydesdale to get 20% off the checkout at C4Energy.com. On Clydesdale Media, where we bring you the widest array of content here on our YouTube channel. Make sure you like and subscribe to the channel. Hit that notifier so you first know when new episodes are available. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Clydesdale Media Podcast. We are now currently in our highlighting the 2023 CrossFit Games semifinalists for 2023. Um, and my guest, Kelly Kelly. And she was stuck in traffic on the way here. So I was in the chats a little bit. So, hey, Jody. Hey, Bruce. Hey, Ken. Thanks for hanging on. Uh, but they said, oh, my gosh, she's a real person just like us. <laughs> Turns out I am. Yeah, I said you you must have left your cape at home. Yeah, sometimes I forget it. It's you know. Yeah. <laughs> I hate that when that happens in the morning. <laughs> so I'm so excited to have you on again. Um, you've been on so much lately that you've almost earned the t-shirt. Oh, that's great. When do I get that? <laughs> <laughs> like Saturday Night Live has their five timers club or whatever with the jacket. Right. Yeah. You know, I think you're at, I think you're at four. Oh, Hey, that's pretty good. That's a yeah, PR. So, yeah. yeah so one time. more and uh, then you get the shirt and I get a shirt. Sweet. Let's go for it. Yeah. There <laughs> we go. So this is going to be a little bit different than normal because I have had you on so much and I want to kind of dive down some, some different things. Okay. Um, the first thing I want to do is, you know, then your name is now Kelly Kelly and I I've known you as something else. Yeah. And I, I have this curse that I have this pop culture filled mind. Yeah. <laughs> and I, and I don't know if you know where I'm going with this, but <laughs> I grew up in the eighties um, during a time where there was a show named cheers. Yes. And Woody Harrelson played a character named Woody on <laughs> cheers and he wrote a love song for his wife. Mm -hmm. And every time I see your name now, this is the only thing that goes through my head. And so I'm going to share it with the audience. <laughs> and we will. Play. Kelly, 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 <laughs> that's all i can think about now every time i see your name yeah so you've cursed me with that as you know what i tend to do that to people sean winland says the same thing every time he sees me he's got to do the kelly 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well sean and i are about the same age so yeah. that makes sense <laughs> Um, funny story. I actually was in Tallahassee living when Sean Woodland was a sportscaster on a local TV station in Tallahassee, Florida. No way. You guys go way back. Yeah. Like, and I didn't, we didn't know each other. I just watched them on the news, but, um, but yeah, it's crazy. Small world. Small world. That's awesome. So I want to get into some stuff that's happened to you since we last talked. Um, and one thing is you got signed as a sponsored athlete by the company you were already following the programming for. Yep. And that is misfit. <laughs> uh -huh. 
And, and those of us like in the normal business world, that means something like if you, when you, when your boss comes to you and said, Hey, you're doing such a great job. We want to promote you. That means a lot more than going out, finding something else. And then they, them saying, Hey, we want to match what you found. So what does that mean to you when a company believes in you so much that they came to you and said, Hey, we want to sponsor you fully now. It's pretty cool. Yeah. It's, it's very cool. I've, um, you know, I've been a fan of the Misfit team and, and what they're doing with their programming for such a long time that it was just like so exciting to be able to work with them as an athlete. Um, kind of makes you feel like you made it, you know? <laughs> um, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it, I think it's, you know, I haven't always thought of myself as a professional athlete. That has been very recent for me. Um, and so that was sort of one of those things where, um, I guess, I guess it, it sort of was another like step on my journey towards that mindset of like, okay, I'm doing this professionally now, you know, it's not just a, a hobby for fun. And, um, and it's really cool to work with people that, you know, I feel like it's mutual support, you know, like they're, they've given me so much over the years and I've been following their programming and, and had their support in a different way um, that it's cool to feel like there's a mutual relationship there now. And, you know, I get to support them and they support me and it's good. It's a good team. <laughs> it's, it's, I, and I hope this isn't taken the wrong way. Like when I first got, so I've been in CrossFit since 2011, right? I'm OG like you are. I've been around for a very long time. And Misfit at one time was was this like outcast kind of rebelish um group of people, right? Yeah. Now like all of my favorite super nice people are a part <laughs> of Misfit. Like you and Paige Semenza, like like you guys are the nicest people in the world. Yeah, Paige is the sweetest. <laughs> and now, so like what's happened at Misfit? Like the nice people, the nice guys are finally finishing first. That's right. It happens sometimes. <laughs> yeah. You know, I didn't, I didn't so much know. I don't think I was aware of their uh, reputation as, you know, like the rebels in, in the space. Um, when I got started with their programming, I just, you know, was kind of, you know, we changed programming and that's what my coach said we were doing. And, you know, a year later I was like, wow, that really worked. <laughs> and so yeah. I didn't, I don't think I was as connected, um, to their core group as I am now. Um, but yeah, it, it's cool. And it's probably just the people, the names you knew at the time had yeah. that kind of reputation. It probably wasn't misfit the company, you right. know? But, but the name is Misfit. So like yeah. maybe it was kind of what they were striving for. You know, like I think they're, yeah, they're people that kind of like to dance to their own beat, but they're all super nice people. <laughs> yeah. So the cool thing that comes with being a sponsored athlete is one, you also get sponsored by Sharpen the Axe mm -hmm. and by Proper. Right. So what has that been like? First of all, the t-shirts that are coming out this year, Kudos. <laughs> Kudos. Leaving it on the floor. That yeah. one. 
Uh-huh. You like that one? I do. Yeah. Yeah. That one's a good one for me. You know, like that one has so yeah. many like levels of meaning for me. You know, this is my last year competing in the open division. Leave it all out there. That's. Whoa, whoa. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> is that breaking news? Uh, I don't know. I, well, I don't know. Maybe not. Might not be. I've been, my husband's been telling people for maybe the last two years that this was my last year. So, <laughs> well, let's dive into that. So, so, so in your mind, this, this is it. This is your last run. Yes. Yes. We last year was supposed to be my last year, but you know, one point sort of grinds on you a little bit. There's kind of a chip over here. <laughs> yeah. Had to go again. One. <laughs> oh my gosh. One and two points, like one point from one person and two points from another. Yeah. Like that's, oh, God, yeah. I was there that day and it, yeah. I, I, I wanted to cry. So I can't even imagine how you felt. And there were some tears. It, it, so, so forgive me if I'm blown away by you saying it's your last run. Yeah. You are still so freaking fit. Yeah. <laughs> and getting fitter. <laughs> right. Like, like, do you have plans for uh, it? And, and forgive me if you have plans for family and all that stuff, far be it for me to tell you, you need to go one more year. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I mean, that really is, is kind of what it comes down to is, you know, um, I, yeah, I keep getting fitter. So I keep, you know, and I'm still enjoying it. I still love the sport I'm healthy. Like, let's go. Um, but at some point, yeah, I, you know, we want to have a family and that the priorities shift. So I'm, I'm not closing the door on like not competing ever again, that I don't think I could get that out of my system. If I tried, that's just too much in my nature. Um, so I, I will probably still compete, but this will be the last year that I, you know, imbalance my life to the extent that I have towards this goal, you know, it'll be. Okay. It'll be, you know, like I will compete within the bounds of, you know, a different set of priorities. Okay. I can accept that. Yeah. I can move on now. <laughs> okay. I'm glad. <laughs> all right. Yeah. It's all about me. Right. Um, well, and, and I didn't want to get to this yet, but I'm going to now because I've, I've had, um, I've had a few people on in the last seven days. Mm -hmm. And it's, and this was just an accidental research thing that kind of popped up as, as I've been talking to you all. And that is there are, there's you, Chelsea Nichols, Nicholas yeah. and yeah. Holly Henderson, mm -hmm. who all started CrossFitting in the open in 2012. Oh, cool. You know, actually I started in 2010. Okay. 2010. Yeah. Well, you had to flex on them. Sorry. <laughs> I win. <laughs> so, so the three of you anyway, have been around as OGs in the sport since the beginning, competing at a high level. All three of you are getting fitter as the years are going on. It, it is a miraculous case study of like what you guys are able to do with your bodies at a time when it seems the sport is going to the 16, 17 and 18 year olds, like the three of you are saying, hold on, 
<laughs> hold my beer. Look what we can still do. Yeah. So these are people that you've competed against since back in the day. Yeah. And you're all going to the same semifinal. You're all going to be competing against these young, young bucks coming through, through the ranks. And you have, again, we go back 1.2 points from making the games last year against the youngest in the sport. Um, Jody wants to know, um, you started the sport in 2010. Were you six years old? <laughs> I wish. <laughs> I wish they had CrossFit when I was six years old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I was out of you college. You be both. <laughs> so, so what does it say for what CrossFit can do for a person that the three of you are getting better in your mid-30s in a sport that's as highly competitive as it is now? I think it says that CrossFit just, it, I, CrossFit is one of the like core lessons that CrossFit has taught me over and over again <laughs> over the course of my career is that I, I think the only limitations that we have are the ones that we place on ourselves. Like there are just no limits. Um, and, and I think that it's cool to see the, the younger generation coming up, like those kids that got CrossFit when they were six years old. Like, I can't even imagine, like, I'm so stoked to see what they're capable of. Um, you know, maybe that'll change the game, you know, in, in the next years coming. But, um, but I also think like, I just, I think if you take care of your body and you're willing to set your priorities towards what you want, you know, then it's totally possible. I don't think, I don't think, um, aging is an excuse anymore for not being able to perform, you know, the age performance degrades with your age, only if you're doing things over a long period of time that are going to hurt your performance, you know, like if you are, you know, building things little by little and brick by brick, and you're, you're spending that long period of time working towards your goal instead of, you know, getting lazy and taking your body for granted, then absolutely you can get fitter. I think you just don't see it as often because I think that, um, I'm me, Chelsea, um, maybe Holly, I don't know her as well, but like, I think that a lot of times, you know, by our age, people are athletes have, have prioritized different things in their lives. You know, they're not willing to give up a steady paycheck anymore. They want to have a family. They want to have, you know, um, and, and priorities change and that's great. You know, like that's totally great for people. But I think that, um, you know, it's not, age is not an excuse, you know, like just because I'm 36 now, you know, I, don't have a steady paycheck and I don't have a family and I, you know, and, and those are things that I have, you know, willingly, you know, I've willingly built my life around competing in this sport and coaching in this sport and, you know, living, you know, like surrounding myself in the CrossFit world and, and it keeps making me better as an athlete. So it just speaks to, you know, CrossFit's ability to break through, all of your limitations. Yeah. And you look at, you look at Chelsea, she works at Boeing like full time. No, Chelsea's a boss. <laughs> and, and Holly is an affiliate owner 
running mm-hmm. an affiliate on her affiliate in Mississippi, trying to do this on the side. Yep. And, and that has its own complications. Like it's, you guys are, I told Holly, if any of the three of you punch your ticket to the games, <laughs> it should be the biggest story going into the games and someone should come and film a documentary. And if nobody is, I'm coming. Okay. <laughs> well, you're welcome. Anytime we'll save the guest room for you. Because to me that this is what, this is a story that should be highlighted and touted when the three of you do that. Yeah. I think it would be pretty cool. I, you know yeah. what I, if, I did actually think it was a story until everybody started talking about it. <laughs> I didn't think I was that old. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. I, it, it, it's truth. <laughs> It's, and I think it's, be, it's not because you guys are old. It's because there's all this push about the Mao's and the Emma's and the, and the Emma Lawson's and the, yeah. right. All these young kids that that's mm-hmm. all they've ever known coming up. And the focus has been shifted there for some reason. Yeah. And while nobody was looking, you guys became fitter. That's right. And so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just super super, super excited to see what you guys do in, in Pasadena. Cause I think it's going to be special. I think so too. It'll be a great time. So, so back to sharpen the ax. I don't know how we got off on this tangent so fast, but (laughs) so, and and because you told me you were, this was it, this was your last run. Right. And because leave it all out on the floor. Yep. And, um, which is, if you have not seen that shirt, you need to go check it out. And, um, cause it is, it's a sweet shirt. I I'm yeah. Yeah. I was just wearing I buy it too many here. t-shirts. If, if my, if my wife sees another t-shirt come to the house, she may kill me. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then proper. So you're getting supplements from the company as well. Yep. Um, and, and how's that gone? Great. It's awesome. It's, you know, I'm taking care of across the board. You know, I got my coach set. I got, I'm dressed head to toe and, uh, and all the supplements that I need for my training. It's, you know, it's a great deal. Um, Kenneth actually has donated $2 to the documentary fund. Ah, thank you. (laughs) So, so yeah, and and I'm not joking. I am if, if one of you make it, that is the story and I will cover it if nobody else will. That would be great. I think it'd be a cool story. Um, so, so not only do you get your supplements, but, but those are, I'm assuming free and that actually helps you because it's something you don't have to buy on your own. Are you still coaching right now or as a sponsored athlete, can you take a step back in the season to really go all in? No, no, I'm coaching. I coach all my classes. I'm, um, I'm coach first and, and then an athlete that's, um, my passion. And that's, you know, what I do for my career. That's where I feel my calling is. And that's what I'll do long after I'm done being an athlete. So, um, I would never abandon my members to go play my sport. That that's really cool. So <laughs> I ask you this, so say it's a quarterfinals weekend. Mm-hmm. How hard is it for you to be selfish at all to worry about your performance yes um really hard that has been actually something that i have worked on over the last several years um 
in is asking for support and being selfish with, with what I need to be successful. Um, you know, getting classes covered on a Friday so that I'm not coaching the 6am when I'm trying to do quarterfinals, you know, like things like that. Um, and, and like just inviting people to come be a part of it, I think was a thing that I just, um, that was uncomfortable for me for in the beginning. I just kind of didn't really understand, like, why do people care what I'm doing? No one knows what I do. You know, like I'm a coach and most people, most people at the gym, honestly, like don't know anything about me as an athlete. They know me as a coach and, you know, <laughs> you know, and so, um, learning to like open up and let people in to what I was doing and allow them to support me and understand that they get excited about that. And they like doing that, um, was, a a mental shift for me and something that I kind of had to struggle with a little bit. How how long did it take you to get there in your career? You started in 2010. Yeah. How long before you invited people in? Uh, well, to be honest, probably not until I started going, uh, competing as an individual. Um, because the, when I was on the team, it was, you know, you're kind of enclosed in your team, especially man, early on six person teams, like that's just, there's a lot of people there already. <laughs> and that's yeah, I've like, heard horror stories of yeah. six person teams. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so, a lot of personality in one room. It is a lot of personality. And so, you know, you're kind of in your little bubble of your team. Um, and we did, we did actually towards the last, now that I'm thinking about it, the last couple of years that we got really serious, um, with team competition, um, we started inviting people to come cheer for us during our open workouts and everything. Um, but I think quarterfinals really, that was the first year they had quarterfinals was the first year I went competed as an individual. Um, and I think that that probably allowed people in a little bit more, you know, the open workout is kind of, you get lost in the shuffle, like everyone's doing the open stuff and you just kind of do it with them. Um, and I'm supporting them at that point, as much as they're supporting me, because it's part of their season two. Um, and so it's a little bit different now that there's quarterfinals, you get a place where people are just there to support you and they get to see, you know, there's heavier things and higher skill things. And, you know, the workouts happen, bam, 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 you know, like there's five workouts in one weekend. It's kind of intense, you know, versus one workout a week over five weeks. So I think the quarterfinals was kind of a cool format and it allowed people to get a better window into what we were doing. Yeah. And that funneled down system, like at my gym, like I think there were seven people who made quarterfinals or something. Cool. So it's a small enough group that you can kind of watch them. Right. Right. And, um, and cheer them on. And, but it's the open is more of a community event where it's just this mass hysteria and chaos. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Cause I think like at our gym, we have like 200 people do the open and it's Dang. like, it's just, it's going on all over the place. That's nuts. That's so awesome. <laughs> yeah, it is. And, and I don't, I don't, I've probably told you, I met Christy O'Connell's gym. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So like, like we had, we had one person make semis this year on the men's side. There was kind of a surprise. Nobody knew who he was yeah. and he just kind of did it. So, cool. yeah. Um, it, and it's been funny watching Christy go from athlete to coach. 
Yeah, I bet that's a big transition. Yeah, and I think she's loving it. Good, good for her. I'm glad. Yeah, I think it was time. She like she picked the right time to step into a different role. Yeah, and she's you know, I think is is she having like any struggles with that transition, or is she like got something else to motivate her, and she's full speed ahead? I. Yeah, I think she's just happy being able to go do what she wants to do when she wants to do it. Nice. And not being tied to to workouts. Yeah. She loves the outdoors. She loves to go like hiking and skiing and all those things. And yeah. and so all that all that's opened up again. Right. Yeah. My husband yeah. and I talk about those kinds of things, you know, after <laughs> the after the yeah. season, probably, you know. Um, and yeah, being able to, you know go out on the lake with friends and, and things like that. Yeah. I, I think that's, that's everything to her right now. And, awesome. and it was just time. Yeah. She's had a stellar career. Yeah. So back to you. Favorite athlete, by the way, you can tell her she's Lance's favorite athlete. Oh, no way. That's so cool. <laughs> it's, it's amazing how many people she's inspired because she, she was like the last smaller athlete to yeah. compete. I know. And like when Kristen Holter retired and then she retired, like mm -hmm. I've had a lot of athletes reach out to me like, oh no, that's who I looked up to. Oh. So it was, it was pretty cool. You knew. But, but you get to go to semifinals in California again. I do. I'm so excited. So, you know, you've had to go to the Mac. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know where you went two years ago. Was it also, also the Mac or? Yeah, I thought, okay. Um, and so this year you get to stay in California. Now, yes. are you in Northern-ish California? Yeah, North Central, yeah. So how long of a commute is that to Pasadena? It'll be like six hours drive. Dang. Not bad. Us East Coasters just have no idea how big Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's right. Six hours is like two states for you, huh? <laughs> Yeah. Well, I grew up in Pennsylvania. We're, we're that long, um, okay. width wise. Yeah. Um, like we're eight hours from Pittsburgh to Philly. Okay. Yep. Um, but not, but not tall wise. And yeah. so that's really cool. You get to kind of be in your home state. I've never been to California. Really? Are you going? So this will be my first time. Sweet. That'll be awesome. So what, what should I expect? Oh, um, well, in the LA area, you should expect traffic, <laughs> but, <Yay>. otherwise, <laughs> there's, there's some really nice places once you get outside of LA. Um, but yeah, sunshine and palm trees and, um, yeah, I actually haven't been I might've been through Pasadena once or twice, but I haven't been to Pasadena myself. So, um, it'll be cool. All I, yeah. All I know is kind of like generally the LA area is like nice, wide, sandy beaches, lots of palm trees, um, a little bit like drier heat. So not like the humid heat, like maybe Easterners are used to the heat. It's dry. So it feels That'll different. <laughs> yeah Ho hopefully not as dry as vegas when i was at the west coast classic Ooh, 120 yeah. degrees and dry yeah. not not that not quite that dry yeah yeah that i just <laughs> needed like a whole yeah yeah <laughs> um, 
some comments are coming in. Um, what clock is giving me crap about PA eight hours to cross little PA on dirt roads, maybe. So, yeah. Um, and then uh, Wad Zombie says, for me, it's eight hours to San Francisco, same state. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you could probably drive, I don't know, 10 to 12 hours and not leave the state. And then he also asks, if he missed it, how long have you been married? Uh, well, legally, we've been married since 2019. <laughs> but... Illegally? We, well... Now I know... Now I know why you're a misfit. Yeah. You are a rebel. <laughs> yeah. We uh we got stuck in that like COVID dead zone where um and with a green card, my husband's Canadian. So um we got we did like the legal wedding and we haven't actually had a wedding yet with our families involved. So we did the legal wedding to start the green card process and then COVID happened and everything got frozen. And then finally he got his green card last year. Um, and so we have actually been living in the same country married for a year, <laughs> a little over a year. Um, yes. And that's planning. crazy. <laughs> so he, was he stuck in Canada? Yeah, we actually, when COVID shut everything down, I was also in Canada um, because we were ready to compete at the Atlas games in 2020 and they shut down everything down. We were like in the stadium for athlete briefing and they're like, so they're shutting us down. You should all go home before they close the borders. And, and I just kind of said, well, if I go home, the gym's shut down, so I can't work. And we don't know if I go home, they probably won't let me back into Canada. They probably won't hit, let him come see me. So I just accidentally on purpose missed my flight and got stuck in Canada for four months. <laughs> okay. See, yeah. now the misfit is coming out in you. Right. <laughs> it's in there. <laughs> Duck in the borders right. <laughs> during COVID. Yeah, I see it now. It's all coming to fruition. Morella. Now I know. <laughs> Jody says, whoops. Whoops. Yeah. <laughs> Shucks, missed my flight. Darn. Guess I can't go home. <laughs> so at that point, you're you're legally married on paper. Yes. Like some unofficial married you and signed and all that stuff. But you yep. couldn't get his green card through the marriage because of COVID. Right. Just to kind of recap. Yes. And so, so you illegally crossed the border. I legally crossed the border. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to make this story better. <laughs> Add, adding some drama. Adding drama. I see. <laughs> no. So you, you stayed in Canada for four months, but COVID went on way longer than four months. Yes. Yeah, I just stayed in Canada for the four months until the gym opened back up and I could go back to work. Um, and then you guys had to live separately for a period of time? Yeah, for a while. A lot of FaceTime? A lot of FaceTime. <laughs> yeah. Wow. We, yeah, a lot of FaceTime. And then slowly, Canada was locked down pretty hard, so it was a while. But then he... Um, 
he was able to come visit out here on a visitor's visa. And we like maxed out his visitor's visa at like six months or something. Okay. Oh. And he didn't accidentally miss his flight back. Well, <laughs> that's a different story. <laughs> he, he, uh, like the week before he was supposed to fly home, that his visa was up, um, he got COVID. <laughs> and so he couldn't fly. And so he had to. Got, got COVID? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. No, he he was like fully quarantined and everything. And then he missed his flight. And then um, it was actually really bad for him because he had to quarantine for the two weeks that he had COVID. And then he could fly. And then Canada had a two-week quarantine when you crossed the border. So he got quarantined for like a month, which was nuts. <laughs> uh, yeah. So Kenneth wants to know, which season of 90 Day Fiance was this? <laughs> you know what? 90 Day Fiance would have been the better route. We should have done that. <laughs> it would have been a lot faster. <laughs> uh, Elise says, you jumped a fence in the middle of the night. Yeah. <laughs> Just jumped a fence over the Canadian border. And then Jody says, oh my goodness, this sounds like a great rom-com movie script. <laughs> it, it is actually. It's <laughs> no shortage there you of go. And the, So there's your retirement from CrossFit right there. Write that script. There we Just go. Just sit back and relax and drink pina coladas on the beach. That's right. It's a great idea. Okay. So <laughs> when So when did you finally get to be husband and wife together? last December, right before the season started last year. So 2021? Yes. Ish. So the very end of, end of 21. Yes. The very end of 21. And then you had this amazing season because yes. you had your husband there to support you. That's right. This is a fairy tale. <laughs> there it is. There, that's the fairy tale ending to the script. It is. If it just would have been one point different, it would have been a I Disney know. movie. <laughs> almost, almost. We can't we couldn't be totally Disney. I'm a misfit, remember? It has to, you know. Right. There you go. <laughs> so you're more the uh DreamWorks with like Shrek and and That's Donkey and all that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh Wad Zombie says a month alone sounds heavenly. <laughs> I think he's I think he's been married a little bit longer than you. He has, yeah. You it's a little different. <laughs> We still yeah, like, it. yeah. <laughs> so you said you have a chip coming into this season. We've talked about it briefly before, yeah. but how have you changed anything about the way you train this year? Or has it been, you looked at last year and he goes, I got so much better. If I just keep doing what I'm doing, mm -hmm. I can make up a point. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, yes and no, I, um, there's definitely still things. There's always things that I'm working on. Um, so for me, but last season was, it was super successful. You know, I had a great, um, great run. So for me, it was just leaning into that, um, trusting my coach and um, putting my head down and going to work. Um, but it, it wasn't the ideal off season for me. Um, I did have a shoulder injury. And so <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I had a shoulder injury at the end of last season, actually. Um, and so I have been getting fitter for sure. 
Um, but also working around an injury has kept me a, a little bit from the ideal training process. Um, so we'll see how it goes. I, I definitely, in some ways I'm a lot fitter and in some ways I'm not where I'd like to be yet, but that's, I, you know, I think I feel that way every year. There's always stuff. So, so how is the shoulder today? The shoulder's pretty good. It's like 98% healed. Um, it's, it's, it's very strong. And honestly, like that's magic because right before about four weeks before the season started, I was not sure that I was going to have a season. Um, and did that, um, had a PRP treatment and that stuff is magic. <laughs> so, um, but I had to take like two weeks completely off of using my shoulder, like couldn't even, you know, jump or do anything explosive. Um, so two full weeks off of using my shoulder and then a slow two week build back to the open. <laughs> so, okay. and then it yeah. was probably just get through the open, right? At that yeah, point, the open was don't hurt myself trying to come back and do everything at full capacity too fast. You know, um, I had to kind of ease my way into it. And that was, you know, like a little unexpected. We were like, you know, okay, well, like the first workout of the open will be fine. It's usually like the really accessible workout and there won't be any too thing, anything too complex or high skill. And then, you know, what do we get? Muscle ups. So, <laughs> so that was. So, yeah, that simple. of course. So Jody says uh, that had to be worse than quarantine, the two weeks off. Yeah. And Elise yeah. wants to know, what did you do during those two weeks? I did a lot of biking and running and belt squatting and some left arm accessory stuff. But otherwise, it was run, bike, belt squat, core stuff every single day. <laughs> so I'm curious. So my that you started strong. <laughs> I there actually funny story. If you want to know this, in those in that like build up process where I was hammering my legs, I went up a full pant size. I had to ask for a whole new line of pants. <laughs> oh wow! My legs grew. <laughs> they wouldn't fit in my pants. <laughs> so it sounds like you did not take any time off, Absolutely. and and grew some tree trunks. I did. <laughs> so That's might be awesome. a little different athlete, but we're still fit and ready to go. So because you've been around since 2010 and, and that era was very much throw as much volume at an athlete as you can possibly do. What can you stand? What can you take? Mm -hmm. How have you changed since those days to today in the way you train? Um, you know what? I think I probably got lucky because I didn't come up through those, uh, that typical channels. Um, I think that my coaches and, um, my teammates were, um, I, I feel like over the course of my career, my volume steadily increased. Um, but I think I wasn't, uh, maybe there was a jarring year in like, 2017, maybe. Mm, I don't know, maybe before that, um, where we were doing some like really high volume and I was like, whoa, this is a lot. Um, but, I, but I think that there's, 
been a steady increase. I don't think I ever got hit with um, that super high volume phase all at once. I never, I never thought, I never felt like I was getting handed volume that was outside of my capacity to handle. Um, and I think that's probably just because my coach, you know, like things were competitive, but they weren't, um, I never really got exposed to like that all in, this is what it takes to go to the games, which is, um, maybe part of the reason that it's taken me a while to get to the point where I'm competitive enough to take a shot at the games. Um, because it has been a slow build for me. Um, and, but it also is probably why I've lasted this long in the sport is because I haven't, you know, made such big jumps that I've broken myself in the process. So, um, my, my, my audience is making fun of me. Um, so I, I apologize. So I usually hit the mute button. Um, during a, a podcast and Scott, I'm feeling neglected. <laughs> and, um, and that's because my sinuses are healing. I had sinus sur surgery and don't need to mute as much oh, to clear hey. my throat. That's awesome. So my next question is, you know, it's, it's always said that an athlete looks at their goats and they fix them in the off season. You've been around the sport for 13 years. Yeah. How, how has that goat evolved? Has it changed dramatically from the first couple of years to where it is today? Or are you still building on that same goat from back in the day? Um, I think, I think there, there's probably a couple things that have stuck with me that I haven't managed to totally kick yet. Although I'm kind of excited this, this season, I think I, I made some big progress in the off season. Um, and so I'm, I'm actually really looking forward to, to testing that on the floor, but I think that, you know, there's some really big things that I've conquered too. I think that, you know, it's easy to get focused on the things that you still haven't conquered and you're still working on. And it gets frustrating because you haven't, you know, made the progress that you want to, but like, man, when I was, I don't know how many years I sucked at double unders like really sucked. Like if there was a double under workout in the open, we were not going to regionals. Like I was just like, it was or like, or at least that was my fear. We actually went to regionals every year, but like, I was like, guys, I'm sorry. I can't help us. You know? <laughs> like, and so it was like, it was terrifying. Like I just, it, double unders were just my nemesis and I could not figure them out. Um, for an embarrassingly long time, um, during those early years and man, muscle ups took years and, you know, like those things, those like foundational skills, um, you know, now it's like double unders are rest, you know, muscle ups are one of my favorite things to do. It's like, it's, it's fun to look back over like a 13 year career, um, at how much, progress I've made and how many things have just flipped a 180, you know, other, I mean, I definitely could get stuck on the couple of things that I haven't made as much progress on as I would have liked, but overall it's been really crazy to watch my body and what it can do. Yeah. I think about my, my, my good athlete career was swimming when I was in high school and college yeah. and there were times where like my weakest stroke was like my backstroke and I turned it into maybe my second fastest stroke. 
And then my breaststroke became my worst stroke. And then, so over a long career, that stuff just happens, right? Yeah. And I, is there anything that was a goat that now is something that you just, that's, that's mine now. Is it the muscle up? Muscle ups. Yeah. That's, that's probably muscle ups for me. Um, those took a really long time for me, even bar muscle ups. They like, bar muscle ups were annoyingly hard for me to learn. Um, I had ring muscle ups before I had bar muscle ups. Um, um, but yeah, now they're my favorite thing. They're just so fun that I think, you know, and I've hammered them for so long that, um, yeah, I think, I think especially in the last, I don't know, in the last couple of years, you know, I keep grinding away at them and now they're, they're something that I feel really confident with. I'm excited when I see muscle ups. I'm like, okay, this is going to be a good one. I think those are the coolest stories, right? You've overcome yeah. something so much that it's actually become one of your bag of tricks. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Um, so my last question in this vein is, do you ever regret not going individual sooner? Ooh. That was a good question. <laughs> um, I don't think so. I I would not have traded the last couple years that I was on a team where, man, we had an awesome team. Like, the best, you know, my years. And we didn't get to, oops, I lose you for a second. Yeah, you're, you're cutting oh. aloud a little bit, but I think we have you back. Okay. Um, yeah, the 2019 was just the most tight knit, most fulfilling team I've ever been on, you know, and it just like, we were so close. We were so hungry and we really just pushed each other to be capable of more than we ever thought we could do as individuals. And that was like, the most magical season. Um, and I think that, uh, you know, if I had to trade that for an extra season as an individual, I don't think I could make that choice. Um, yeah. And then, you know, I I had even the 2020 season, like, you know, I, it was Chelsea Nicholas was my teammate, you know, and Elijah Muhammad and Connor Schmitz. And that, that was such a fun team. Like we were, we had so much fun training together for that season and we were ready and fired up and we didn't get to compete together. So I don't know what we could have done, but, um, I think it would have been awesome. <laughs> it's, so. it's funny. Chelsea talked about that team when I talked to her as well about how excited she was for that team and yeah. going to Atlas and then the world stopped. Yep. I know. Yeah. Um, we were so, so yeah, it's funny. That like, that was, you know, that was our ticket. Like we were ready to punch that ticket to the games and yeah, it was a little heartbreaking. <laughs> so Elise asks, what made you finally decide to go indie? Uh, to be honest, I was forced into it. They changed the rules for the teams. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, you couldn't have a super team anymore. So you, you had to be, you know, within that certain geographical distance. And um, we couldn't field a team out of local athletes. So it was either don't compete or compete as an individual. 
Um, and so I, you know, kind of said, well, okay, I'll just, you know, do it. I'm not going to not compete. I'm a competitor. Like we'll see how it goes. Um, and then I ended up shocking the hell out of myself. <laughs> well, that went really well. Maybe I should get a coach and take this seriously. <laughs> do you think it was just the right timing and meant to be? I think so. You know, I think it was, and, and I, I don't think I ever would have taken that step if I wasn't forced into it, you know, the universe, like, I feel like they, it just does that to you. Sometimes it's like, you are not challenging yourself enough. You are not, you know, moving yourself forward. Like the teams were super fulfilling for me and I loved every second of them, but it was like, you know, I, I think it's been inc an incredible growth point for me to learn how to be an individual athlete that, I cannot tell you the number of ways that I've found that valuable in my life and the number of lessons that I've learned. And I, I wouldn't have made that choice on my own. If I wasn't forced into it, I would have told you forever that I was a team athlete and I had no interest in competing as an individual. Um, and it turns out I really like competing as an individual also, and, and I've grown into it. And I think that that's, um, I'm super grateful for that. Yeah. It's awesome how it, how it works, right? You, yeah. you consider yourself a team person. You're forced into something else and yeah. realize that you actually love it. Yeah. You know, and, and I just wasn't willing to like step that far out of my comfort zone, um, to test myself in a new way. And so I, and that's why they always say you need to get out of your comfort zone and try new things. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Life lesson. It is. That's how it works <laughs> every time. <laughs> you learn all the stuff on this show, life lessons, how to cross a border illegally, <laughs> how to, how to get COVID right before your flight to extend your stay. Yeah. All the stuff. Tips. <laughs> well, I know you are super busy and you are stuck in traffic on the way to get into this tonight. I want to thank you for still jumping on with us. Uh, we think you're the best. I can't wait to see you in Pasadena. And who knows, maybe I'm going to be doing a documentary on you uh, yes. as you make your trip to the games. I hope so. Thanks so much for having me on. It's always great to talk to you. Yeah. And everybody in the audience, thank you so much for taking part. And we'll see everybody next time on the Clydesdale Media Podcast.